a choice right now, right now, between fear and love. It's just a run. Out of the dark night of ignorance and into the shining light of truth. Expanding reality. A population of citizens capable of critical thinking. We don't see things as they are, we see them as we are. There's a, a level of reality where everything dissolves into an ocean of energy. We empower our experience by insisting on our authenticity. That's very profound. Very Expanding reality. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Expanding Reality. I am your host, Brandon Thomas. On this episode, we have Jim Gale. He is the creator of Food Forest Abundance. Uh, you can find the link to that down in the show notes down there, guys, uh, foodforestabundance.com. Uh, instead of edible arrangements for your girl, he makes edible landscapes. He has a whole collective of people that do this. Uh, and it's absolutely incredible, guys, what this dude does. Uh, his story is fascinating, why he does what he does. His business model is to go out of business because this is so successful, uh, because it's spreading abundance for all of us. And this is what's so cool about this at this time in our history as well as the you know food shortages. And this is not a fear-based episode. I've really got to uh, re- reiterate that. He is one of the most positive, upbeat, uplifting person I've ever talked to in my life. He's wonderful. So this is all about empowerment. And that's what it is. That's what he's got going on here with the food forest. So um Go down in the show notes, check all the ways to find him. Uh, a couple things as well. Uh, we partnered with T Public, so you guys can go get your merchandise on. Anything you could slap an Expanding Reality logo on, it's up there, as well as some designs from a good friend of mine, Nick. Uh, he is going to be linked down in the show notes as well. He's a phenomenal artist, guys, so go check this dude's uh, site out and all the cool stuff that he's done. He's been a great friend of mine for a long time uh, and one of the coolest artists I've ever met. So there's some designs that he did for us up there on T Public as well. You can go to the website, link Linked in the show notes, and it'll take you directly there. Um, also, Rockfin is where all of our premium content will be. There's some amazing stuff going on over there, guys. So if you want to do kind of a subscription-based model for everybody's premium content. Uh, so it's also an abundance model. So go check that thing out. It's like 9 bucks a month. You get all these incredible content creators. There's just some amazing things, as well as our content is over there for premium. So um, let's get to this episode, guys, because Jim is awesome. You're really, really going to love this. So thanks for sticking through that intro. Uh, um, without any further ado, Jim Gale. All right, ladies and gentlemen, extremely excited to welcome to the show, Jim Gale. Man, food forest guy. Let's talk about abundance. Now, what I love about your product and what you do or your service that you offer, I'm, gonna, I'm not even going to call it a product. Uh, the service that you offer, what it provides is freedom and the opportunity to be choosy on your where you spend your money and where you do your business. You've offered um, people, like I said in the beginning, freedom, man. Uh, you've empowered everyone with what you're doing. I cannot wait to get into this with you, man. I am truly grateful that you're here with us. So uh, for my audience that doesn't know you, do you mind just uh, letting us know just a little bit about yourself and then let's launch into it, dude. Well, thank you, brother. It's an honor to be here. I love this. Um, and you mentioned this, the freedom, the number one thing I'll, I'll talk about real quick, and then I'll jump into some history is the freedom from fear of all kinds. When we rise above that, then we can have every other type of freedom. Um, so I grew up in Minnesota. I got teased in seventh and eighth grade. They called me nature boy. 
because I had my wall was full of Ranger Rick pictures. Like <laughs> that was my centerfold. Oh my God. That is kind of funny. Um, but the bottom line was I was just, I love nature. And so oh, growing up over the years, it seems like everything in society is trying to pull you away from that. Right? I remember some friends, they just, they would, for target practice, they, they would shoot things and I would do it too. And I look back on that and be like, gosh, that is so ignorant. It is so, it, it, I remember those days as days of pain that I didn't even recognize was pain. But now I look back on that and I feel that weird feeling. So anyway, so that's why I am. I'm all about finding ways to solve all of the world's greatest problems. And we have. It's amazing. Uh, before we get any further on this, I'm gonna let's just talk about this for a second. So you talked about childhood ignorance, and I'm with you on this because I've observed it as well. And of course, same thing, man. We used to uh, one of the worst things I've done uh, was we used to go fishing, catch this little perch, and then put uh, black cats in their mouth and light them and set them back on, you know, and because the, the black cats remain underwater and yeah. then half a fish, horrible shit. But you know what's really weird uh, is that. So do you think that morals are learned or that they're natural? Because in that instance, did you learn it from your friends because they did it? And that's the only reason you were drawn to it, to kind of fit in and be a little rebellious? Or did you know it was wrong and still chose to do it anyway on some deep level? It was a fitting in thing. It was, let's try it. Because I wanted to catch the frog. My thing was I would get these tubs and I, my tub would be full of as many frogs as I could possibly have in it. Like the idea of killing them didn't even cry. I wanted more. I didn't want less or fewer, right? And so, yeah, I guess I believe it. There's it's something deep within us. Yeah, that it's just kind of like a fit in thing. So I because I've been talking about this as kind of a side shoot a little bit here lately is uh, is that morals are they learned or are they um, something that's natural and innate in us? And I want to choose that we default to the natural state of equilibrium and balance. But I think that there's always going to be like some societal peer pressure stuff type stuff that goes on or whatever. Uh, and I mean, because you even think about like the reverence of I don't know any ancient culture like Native American tribes that find so much more reverence in life and in nature than we really do. As a society, right? Maybe not some individuals, but uh, you—you think that their little, you know, one these little kids probably did the same stuff, you know? I mean, even though they knew about how important nature was. I love how deep this gets so quickly. This is awesome. So as I have reflected back on those moments in my life of me following some government, somebody who wanted to control my mind, I look at the people who are doing it. Some of them, great friends to this day. They were angry, they were abused, they had major issues in their life, and this was a way of acting out against whatever they could act. It was, so it's a deep seed that somehow has been implanted in our minds, it, but, but that's also the opportunity yeah, that we're uh facing. No, absolutely. And you're absolutely right. And uh, I like I like this. So speaking of seeds, uh, what you're working on is fascinating, man. Will you tell the folks out here about food forcing? Yes. So about six months ago, so for 14 years, when I, I moved to, I sold the mortgage company, did about a billion three in volume, and I had all the time in the world. And at that time in my life, it was basically 2007, eight, I learned about building seven and architects and engineers for 9-11 and all this stuff. And I went through this two year period of kind of no fucking way. <laughs> right? There's no way that the pledges, Pledge of Allegiance is really the Bellamy salute. There's no way that all of these things are my control. And then I realized that, well, that's the only thing that makes sense, right? 
And, and I also learned that we're destroying our planet, our soil, our forests on, on all these levels, like in every form of attack that they can create, they're creating it all at the same time. So our, our business is a culmination of everything I love in my life and every strategy I've ever learned and everything I've ever experienced put into a business model that is radically expanding and going to change the world. Absolutely. No, it really is. Like the the way that you do this and your approach on this is fascinating, man. This is the thing that we need to be doing. And like I said, it's empowering. This does free you from fear. This is one of the main things that you can do on any level, at any degree, at any scale, because uh, it's all scalable, right? Uh, that you you can do this anywhere. And I've heard you say it on Tinfoil, anywhere you can grow grass. This is where you can do this. And it's fascinating to me. So uh, if you don't mind, just uh, walk us through a little bit more about what you do with Food Force. What is it all about? So we design and install food forests or edible landscapes for people. And we design them in accordance with natural systems. So they mimic nature. And so people say, well, how much effort is that? How much work is that? And that's the number one thing. I don't want to be a farmer either. I don't want to be in the soil doing that kind of thing every day, all day long. Um, So what it's meant to be, what we are meant to have is not a utopian fantasy like this idea of the Garden of Eden where it's literally the next logical step. It's how it should be for us. So we design systems that mimic that that are literally less maintenance than the American lawn. But what's really interesting about it is, is that people did this, you know, uh, before we moved into cities and stuff, this is how everyone lived. And this is what's so nice about this. I think that, and we'll probably get even deeper on this. Thank you for jump, jumping in on that with me. Uh, with the bifurcation of uh, the ideas of transhumanism, which is really what's going on with this whole push of the unauthentic everything, man. Like you said, with the forest, with the water, with the skies. I mean, I just had uh, Matt Landman on, Frank and Skies director. And his big deal is uh, with the geoengineering projects. And we know that this is going on. It's like a terraforming to roll out this transhumanist type agenda to where everything is so unauthentic and so fake that you have to adapt it or they will change you, which arguably they're doing, uh, to make you more suited to this crappy, unnatural type environment. And what I love about your idea and why this is so cool that you're on here. Uh, thank you, Mark Steves, is that uh, this? there is this split on the other side of folks like me and all of the Soul Tribe, everyone that listens to this show, uh, this community of folks out here that aren't having it, man. We're not doing the thing. Uh, we're not doing all this other crap, and we want to get back to the natural things. It's like we tried it this way. Okay, it's cool. You know, Netflix is fun, and you could still kind of retain maybe some of that those ideals, but there's an element to the rawness of life that we've just missed out on, man. And you're helping us to reclaim that something that needs to be regrown in our culture. And that's literally what you're doing. It's awesome, man. You're offering this, you know, opposition to the transhuman agenda. And I think that that's exactly what we need, man. Yeah, I I do too. And I like to shine a light on the people, the foundation of this movement and talk about how it is that I'm sitting here with you talking. It's just, in my mind, it's about putting together pieces of a puzzle, right? And, or if you want to think of it as a linear chain, you have to connect the dots and the dot, all of the dots are on the puzzle. I mean, Bill Mollison, who said, though the problems of our world are increasingly complex, the solutions remain embarrassingly simple. Like that's just so right on. So these people who are my heroes are are the foundation of it. They have proven what I'm saying on every level. 
my thing is the way I'm saying it and the business structure around it. Yeah, no, it is. And the way that you do it with the giving back, you know, you've got such an altruistic business model. It's insane to me. Now, what I love also about it, but what you said about your hedge hedge fund that you sold is that you could have done nothing. You could have just been, you know, a couch potato. You could have been sitting on your yacht right now in in, uh, Italy somewhere, Uh, but you're not. You, You chose to do this huge altruistic thing that's just so amazing and helps humanity so much that you're like the example of the people that we want to have a lot of money. We're like, yeah, yeah, give it to that guy. He knows what to do with it. Uh, so th- this, it's great. I'm grateful that you did what you did uh, and that you are who you are because you're part of that example of that, you know, people that get a lot of money, well, they're just going to go sit on the beach somewhere. They're just going to play video games if nobody has to work. And that's not accurate. And I've argued against that. Maybe some people will. And those people, you know, it should be, I don't know, that we need to breed that out anyway. They'll so be that's, miserable. Yeah. And they will be miserable, man. I was. Yeah. I took nine months and really it was more like a year and a half. And I bought a yacht, a small 42 foot carbon motor yacht. And I lived on the ocean for about a year and I was fucking miserable at the end of that year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. This is you what know? I'm saying. You did that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was so boring. And then I proceeded to lose everything in pursuit of exactly what's happening now. And in the last six months, it's, it's just exploded. Um, but I also want to shed a light on a myth out there propagated by um, the society is that I'm doing this for selfish reasons. No, that, no, I am. That, the, the myth is that selfishness is bad. I'm stating very clearly that I'm doing this for selfish reasons. And when selfishness aligns with regeneration, that's the ultimate of everything. Because I'm going to, our business model is completely screwed in 15, 20 years. Yeah. Because everybody's going to have food. Exactly. Yeah. Which is your goal is to tank your business. That's, That's amazing. Yeah. That's the goal. It's, it's absolutely incredible, but it, but it's so awesome what you're doing, like I said. So just keep moving forward, man, because that whole selfish Thank thing, you, I agree with you because this is a self-perpetuating, wonderful thing. This is the like the law of abundance and manifest right here. Yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. It, it is. And having faith, like I just got a text from a couple of my buddies saying they're going to come after you. I hear this sometimes several times a day. I'm not a big shot. so But in, soon I think I will be. This will be recognized as... Well, Victor Hugo said it best. He said, there's one thing stronger than all of the armies of the world. And that is an idea whose time has come. Well, (laughs) this is that idea with certainty. This is that idea. Well, and what you're offering could not come at a better time. You know, people have time. We're figuring out that the model of trading your money or your time for money is bullshit and it's over. I think think all of this is done. But to usher us into the new whatever is coming next, what you offer and the things that you're doing over there is the necessary step. This is how people are able to walk into this uncertainty with a little bit more certainty and confidence that they're going to be okay on at least the basic level. Yeah, that's the goal, right? Because that's where the faith comes in. This idea of, you know what, I'm more than this. I'm not my body. I'm energy. I'm pure energy. However, that manifests in the next thing after you leave the body. I don't know, but it, it's, I do know that there's something there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're on the right show, dude. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah. 
I can't, you know, I think it was Lincoln. Somebody called him Two-Face. He said, if I were Two-Face, would I wear this one? Um, <laughs> it just cracked me up. But this idea of not being fully aligned with everything I'm speaking, sometimes I'm wrong. Sometimes I look back and go, what the hell was I talking about right there? But it's about speaking everything that I've learned in a way that lifts people up to see a future that's fucking awesome. Yes, absolutely. It is awesome. And it, it like I said, and this is something everyone can take action and do themselves with nothing. Like you can do it with hardly anything. So break us down. How do you get somebody started on this? So we have created a food forest cooperative and a little backstory. I actually was asking, I love business models and I love finding what strategies are going to be best in what situations. Right? So I went down the franchise road. And I spent about a quarter million dollars. I had all these fancy greenhouses and patents and shit. And when I looked at all the paperwork, I honestly got a stomachache. I threw the whole fucking thing in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> everything we're doing, there's no non-competes, no NDAs and no patents. You can take every bit of my business model you want. I will even help you do it. Like you can literally take everything. Um, our brand, you know, that's, that's the only thing. That's our brand. But everything else you do, ever we do, is yours. You can copy and paste it. You can steal the words. I don't give a shit. That, that's what we want you to do. So that's our business model. As oh, So as the, the cooperative, <laughs> I get so excited. The cooperative is the person or business on the ground that's actually meeting the customer and putting the food in the ground. So our mission in Food Forest Abundance as our core team, which is expanding very fast, is to serve the cooperative, to help the cooperative by providing leads, by providing marketing material, business insight, and the motivation as to why. So what does the collective do? How do you guys go out and um, make this, implement this? Cooperative. I'm not a big fan of collectives in most cases. <laughs> oh, okay. And I default to the collective because I think of it spiritually. Okay. So the oh, cooperative, my apologies. I, I, no, I do love that. I just, I've heard that collective, of course, word used in so many other cases. Uh, yes. Yes. Um, so the cooperative is similar in structure to a franchise, um, but there's, it's a two page contract. It's simply based on the voluntary exchange of value. We provide all these tools for you to have a business like landscaping, except for infinitely more beneficial, but profitable. And you could do one, two, three food force installs a month and be making a hundred grand or more a year. Right. And so do you guys do this mainly in residential areas, obviously with the front lawns and things like that? Our target market is the residential lawn. Okay. But what's happened is we're doing major projects in Africa and Thailand and resorts and all sorts of stuff all over the world now. Um, we're actually now in 15 countries and 40 states starting six months ago. Damn, man. Congratulations. You should be. Thanks, you should be everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we're turning it back in. This is the fun part is even though it's a for-profit because I believe in regenerative capitalism as opposed, which is voluntary, as opposed to communism, which is force and violence. Yes. And so our business model, as we earn a lot of income and we're already doing very well, then we put it back in and we are building food forests in public areas, at schools, at churches, at food banks. And then we're using that as marketing, which creates more abundance, which we turn back in. And that's why it's going to go so fast. 
No, absolutely it will. And I've had this argument, I've heard it made several times, why don't they replace like oak trees and shit down a new tree that or a new street that they're paving with fruit trees like peaches and apples and stuff like that or whatever native fruiting tree will grow in that area. It makes no sense to me. You'd feed the homeless. Uh, you've got animals taking care of people that are generally unhealthy, maybe walking by can just grab an apple or whatever and, and it's free to everyone. Like, I don't understand why that's not done. It, it blows my mind or why more people aren't doing like what you're talking about, taking a portion of their front lawn, uh, which is less things you got to mow. And then now you're producing food that now your family and you are interacting with and, and cultivating yourself. I mean, and these are skills that you pass on. This is stuff that maybe your kids and maybe us in two weeks, one week, whatever, won't have a grocery store to go to. And then what do you do? You know, right. I don't know, man. I love it. I love what you're doing. Uh, thank you so much, man. Um, so, you mentioned so many beautiful tidbits there of the why, right? We talked about the grocery store, the food supply chain, like this literally solves, and I can name just, let's say the five biggest problems humanity faces, mass extinction, um, deforestation, which as a result, we have mass extinction, cancer, diabetes, and heart disease, right? This cures all of them. <laughs> not only cures them, but actually creates a stronger world on every freaking level, right? So, and, and when people think about why don't I have a law or a food force instead of a lawn, Henry Kissinger said back 50 years ago, if you want to control nations, control oil, if you want to control people, control their food. Yeah. And so this strategy, you don't just say things, that was his job to enforce a strategy. And he has, and it's exactly the same thing playing out now with the exact same families. And the solution is just simply living happy, abundant, free lives. So what I know the why, and we all, we all get the why. And I do think though, that now what you're doing is more important than ever. Like I said, because this is the time for us to do stuff like this. This yeah. is where you're reclaiming our ourselves, right? We're getting away from the dependence of a system that's very broken uh, and on its way out. So when you talk about your model of food abundance, do you run into any issues with like HOAs or anything like that? Yeah, I've got somebody coming over tomorrow. Um, I put up five raised beds in my backyard. I kind of tucked them in a little bit and there somebody complained and they're coming tomorrow. We got a letter in the mail like three or four days ago. My wife was all nervous and I'm like, babe, this is going to be fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, bring it. Come on. Bring it, they baby. knocked on the wrong door. Did they even know I'm who you so were? I'm so glad. I've been waiting for them to knock. I was thinking about making my front lawn one too. And I'm like, oh gosh. But anyway, now I'm going to. Now the whole, it's going to just be food everywhere. Nice. Okay, cool. So what, I mean, so one of your, one of your neighbors complained that you were doing something amazing? So I, I don't know who or how. All I know is we got a letter saying we we're in violation um, of something. And that's the only thing I can imagine it is. You know, I think they have planes also that will do this. And I'm not kidding about this. HOA will pay like five or six neighborhoods will come together and pay for a pilot kind of and see what the hell is going on in your wow. backyard. To see you if know, you're like growing pot or maybe corn or something like you shouldn't be. That's so possible here because the developer that developed this whole area is a complete globalist. Yeah, there you go. And I mean, and you know, even more nefarious are probably flying over while you, you and your wife are hanging out in the pool with the kids gone, you know what I yeah. mean? And uh, doing yeah. some other shit, man. Yeah. You never know. And this is why this HOA thing is is important. So what what's going to happen? What do you think will be the results of when they come by? Um, I think that I'm going to talk to them about what's happening with the global food supply chain and regeneration. And I might even speak to their gods, which is the carbon footprint, which is a 
complete bunch of bullshit. It's a pillar of control. But anyway, I'll speak to them in language that they understand. And then if they still decide to go forward, I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to double down and I'm going to video the whole process and we're going to have a fight that goes all the way up. So you have an argument based on the food shortages. Uh, can they, I mean, because that's easily provable, right? I mean, food shortages, the trucking industry, we've, this obviously everything has been interrupted. Yes. And again, we actually had one of our designers, her name is Crystal, actually write down a bunch of narrative that fits their model, right? So we're talking about how this is going to save things and they're disallowing me to grow food for my family to eat in a time of crisis. And I, I'm just starting to play with it, but it'll get really fun if they pursue it. It's interesting. No, because I think you definitely have something there. And I'm reminded of the story, like, you know, because they could get this, even with zombies walking around, they could try and find you for having a garden in your backyard, right? And you're like, guys, there's a little more pressing stuff going on, but it's bureaucracy to the end, right? I heard this story about on the Titanic. Uh, there was this woman trapped in a cabin and one of the guys broke down the door and one of the bellmen came over to kind of help out a little bit, wasn't really doing anything, a passenger saved her. Got her out, saved her as the ship's sinking, by the way. And the bellman was like, well, we're going to have to charge you for that door. It's kind of the same I do, thing. I, it is. It's, it's complete disconnect with reality. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, dude, you need to go home. Whoever comes over to your house, be like, here's some seeds. I will help you. Get your ass. What are we doing here? You know? You know, thank you. Because until now, I'd, I'd heard that several times. And until now, I just sloughed it off as... That's impossible. Now I see that it's probably absolutely true. When I heard it from Neil Geddes Ward, who I completely trust, he is a fascinating guy, and he said it on my show a while back. It's He's an awesome dude. And, and he knows he had got commissioned to paint the Titanic for somebody. Anyway, way off topic. So we did a bunch of research on it. Way off topic, but there you go. Validated. There you go. Love it. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, what's what's the next process for this? What do, what do you do next? We're constantly improving. Um, we just had, and this is freaking miraculous. Like uh, there's a huge thing I'd like to share with everybody. Cause it's the foundation of the ideas it's meditation. And that's just a word, right? What is actually meditating for me? It's simply just chilling out. Maybe I go fishing or maybe I take a nap. Maybe I go play with the kids and I really look at them, right? Maybe I go for a bike ride and I really feel what's going on. It's slowing down the mind. And when I started doing this, I, about nine months ago, we were at the end after losing almost $20 million and all this, we were maxed, everything was done. And I, I finally let it all go. And I said, fuck, this ain't working. I, and then I really just put 100% faith into the process. And, and so, so to get to some of the magic, this is kind of high level magic. Um, I've, all, I've not been a TV guy my whole life, right? But I had my favorite shows. And one of them was The Crocodile Hunter with Steve Irwin. Hell yeah. Right? I cried when he died and everything and loved that guy. Another one was another show that I can't say the name of yet because this is the reveal that's coming. But this was my favorite show for about five years in a row with my favorite actor. So I get a call from the producer of The Crocodile Hunter wanting to produce a show Bill and myself and our vision as the next Steve Irwin, right? Then I get a call from the actor that I'm talking about. And we just finished installing the most insanely beautiful, cool ass food forest, vineyard, Mexican, Mexican cantina food forest, all these different elements. And it's going to be seen by millions. Dude, that's amazing. Nice job, man. 
I, congratulations. That's huge. That was freaky manifestation right there. Like, exactly. So let's get to some of that, man. So when did you realize that that was a real thing? Um, I, when I first wrote my goals, I was 19 and my coach said, write down your goals. And I'm like, ah, oh, what a pain in the ass. The person who left the wrestling room on a Friday night who came back on Monday morning, that was two very different people. So that's when I learned um, about that. Really? So what happened in the interim that weekend? So all you did was write your goals down? Yeah, I wrote, I was, uh, I had failed the last three years of wrestling of my life. Um, I was told I should get out of wrestling. I wrote my goals and I wrote that I wanted to be a three-time All-American and national wrestling champion in college. I handed them to my coach and he laughed almost out loud. Like he sat back and he said, these goals are kind of lofty, don't you think? <laughs> and, I, and then he proceeded to tell me basically in a subtle way that there's no way in hell. And I laughed because that, it, it was too late. I had already imagined a compelling future. And then four years later, I was a four-time All-American and national champ. <laughs> <laughs> So, so you you were able to jot this down with no real understanding of the law of attraction or manifestation or anything. And you just kind of said, OK, I'll try this and then just believed in it and then made it happen. Well, OK, I do have to give really without Dennis Waitley, the psychology of winning. I had listened to that on a car ride to Texas and back like two weeks before that. Gotcha. Without okay. that, I could have never done it because I wouldn't have imagined it. Well, but it's still psychology. It wasn't the woo-woo part of it. But what I find interesting about motivational books like that and um, how to do that and visualization is what they call it rather than manifestation, which I, I think it's interesting because when you get into the concept of manifestation and spirituality and how it all ties in, I, I find that I would have rather have been a little bit more ignorant to all the woo and I would have done it the way you did. Like, because I think I get in my way a lot. I think that I kind of know too much about it, you know, and right. I'm kind of screwing <laughs> it up, yes. right? Which then makes it it just amplifies in either direction when it's on it's on dude but sometimes i feel like i know too damn much about it but i think that that's awesome man so how is that uh practice of manifestation if you don't mind me asking uh evolved for you personally it's the foundation of every joyful thing of my life um and and by the way i did it i first learned about it and i could have nothing less and i did it basically what i would now look back on is not right for like 20, 30 years. <laughs> and, but I never stopped. I kept learning. I went to seven ayahuasca ceremonies, right? That was a huge part of the transition. Psilocybin and meditation. God, there's such a strong connection to that. And we talk about that a lot on this show. I have Peter Gorman on, man. Do you know who that is? Awesome. I've heard of him. Yeah, he was uh, Terrence McKenna. knew him. Uh, anyway, great dude. Uh, probably the one that's responsible for bringing ayahuasca up to the States. Anyway, uh, and then I uh, just had a conversation with uh, Carlos Tanner. He's the head of the Ayahuasca Foundation in Peru. That one's not out yet, but it's coming out soon, man. So again, you're on the right show, dude. This is amazing awesome. how the Soul Tribe works, right? We just oh kind of... Oh, gosh. Anyway... Um, so with the manifestation practices that you do, what do you want to reveal anything that you've got working on or do you feel like that's going to screw it up? I reveal everything. We're working on changing the world rapidly. Um, okay, so just as an example, like people always go, like I've never met anybody who goes instantly just goes, oh yeah, let's do it. Like, there's always kind of a cognitive dissonance period in the middle from this is completely impossible to, oh my God, this is possible. Right. So this um, this 
in the last two years, our global society went from relatively free to where we are now, where some countries are complete enslavement camps, like Australia and places and Canada's getting there. And, you know, so in two years, a bad idea can radically change the world. Yeah. And well, we've then seen what it. can happen in two years with a good idea? Dude, this is it, right? It's just shift the vibration. And we talk about it a lot, but it is that hundredth monkey thing. I think that we're almost there with that idea. I think that really with the amount of people, I'm going to use air quotes, waking up right now, I think all this really is, is just to look around at your world and go, hang on, that's not what... That's not what I'm seeing out here, you know, and th- that it's when you start questioning. And then when you start looking at models like our food system, for sure, you see that it's a broken damn system and that you are absolutely fucked if anything happens. Absolutely fucked. Unless you call Jim Gale and that's how you do this. So uh, what what else you got going on over there, dude? Well, um, this idea of being prepared in general, um, one of our cooperative uh, partners, uh, Michael Hoffman's bringing together a preparedness um, full blueprint, like it's so freaking well thought out. So people who want to learn in general about food, water, and energy, and many, many layers of preparedness, he can help with that. And then we've got a guy, Sean Stanton, another one of our designers coming in with the indoor design system blueprint, because you can take a bedroom in your house and you sweet potatoes, by the way, I want to share with everybody, grow sweet potatoes. You can eat the stems, you can eat the leaves, you can eat the potatoes. It's not even a potato. It's phenomenal. It's nutrient dense. It's the best preparedness food there is. You can grow them indoors. Um, so we've got another guy designing those systems. So we've got some neat things coming together along with financing. In probably three months or less, we're going to have the ability to finance the installation of a food forest. Dude, that's amazing. Now, with the indoor growth stuff that you guys are going to do, are y'all going to do like different, like good, better, best kind of things, small uh, area, and then do the whole setup, like a whole full lighting, uh, everything kind of as a kit? Yeah, well, probably as a, like, you go in and do it. So, like, somebody put it in bookshelves. I see. Okay. Yeah. Like an install. So, somebody will go. It's an install. Yeah. Okay. I got it. I got it. That would be cool, too, to maybe add to the repertoire, though. <clears throat> Just like some small kits that you can do for like a single person or a single couple in an apartment to do like a sweet potato thing and have it be like on casters or something so they can move it. You know, a couple poles that go up with a ring light or something at the top of it. Make it real, real, real simple. But Dude, man, that. That here's give how we do that. Confidence. So, yeah, I love that. And here's how we do that. Um, we have the design blueprint is so dialed in that you can DIY. It. Okay. That's awesome. That's what I'm yeah. talking about. Okay. And now most people don't want to, but most of the things that you're talking about can be bought at Home Depot for way cheaper than we can produce them. Okay. Right. Got it. Um, all the different stuff, at least in the short term, if there gets to be a point with our volume that we want to go into that, We'll probably just affiliate, um, but I love that. Going is we want to provide the most value we could possibly provide. Yeah, just an idea. I mean, and you're right. Uh, you can DIY a lot of stuff, which there was a big movement for for a while. And I think a lot of people realize that they're not as handy as they thought they were. And so the DIY thing, I feel, kind of fell off. But then you also had some people going like, dude, I'm a damn carpenter. I didn't even know that. That's amazing. And so uh, maybe I'm just like you said, and affiliating, I think, would be a great way to go just uh, logistically on that end. But to do it uh, and then offer that as something to where people who aren't necessarily that handy or don't have the time. Maybe they're super handy. They just don't have the time. And you send them a pre-made kit, basically. They just kind of Ikea together. Exactly. No, you're 100% right. Is It's all a time thing. If somebody can hire something out at X dollars, but they find X more dollars in their value to do something else. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
And by the way, the carpenter that you just referenced, we want to help that guy have a business of installing these. Exactly. This is also a great thing that you're doing over there. So tell us about that, man. So that is the cooperative. We find people who are already in the business of helping people grow food, permaculturalists, um, landscapers are fantastic. Like we've got so many landscapers coming aboard that are now going to become foodscapers. You know, and it's a brilliant thing for them to offer too, because now you're offering something that the other guy's not. Dude, we'll we'll put in food for your family, you know, on half of this or on this back corner or something, instead of these azaleas or something that you're going to kill anyway. You know, you might as well do this, right? And it's another service. It adds value to that landscaping company. And then they see the value in it for the family that they're doing it for. It's a badass model, dude. It's yes, all, it's yes. top down. Amazing. It's- it's really, 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 and, and thank God for these amazing partners and things too. Like, I mean, the partners that have come in, I'm not good at details. I don't, I hate dealing with Verizon and whoever these people are that have all the power over my internet. <laughs> right? Yes. yes. Um, so thank God for the detail people, because I, I'm in very much into like neurolinguistics and this idea of using your mind functionally as well as finding the ways to just meditate and let the ideas flow through. And I'm always asking, how can we be more efficient? And then the team is coming in with this mind blowing ideas. So anyway, that's the, and the team becomes everybody. Exactly. Exactly. It's just a network. It's a soul tribe. It's the yes. collective. I love it. Yes. So yes. what about, um, what the hell was I going to ask you? I don't know. Uh, keep talking. You're doing great. Uh, no, I'm <laughs> I lost fun, it, man. man. I, okay, <laughs> a couple little mind-blowing things. Like a seed, if you have a handful of seeds of, let's say, 50, 80 diversity, which you can hold in one hand or easily, small seeds, that might be worth more in six months from now than a, an ounce of gold. Yeah, yeah. I could see because, that for sure. Yeah. And, and let's, let's hope not. Right. But if you're, there's two different types of motivation towards and away from, I'm a towards guy, right? If people try to scare me into doing something, I automatically resist doing it unless it's actually logical too. Right. Right. <laughs> you're like, hold my beer every time. Yeah. 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 But, but also, so there's that. And then there's this, just this feeling of upliftment of resonance with something so fucking epic that, that's where when you get to a certain level of vibration, like Tesla said, if you want to think in terms of change of the future, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration, right? So raise our vibrations is the main point of everything. Absolutely. Uh, have you looked up your human design chart? I haven't. Sounds cool. Okay, it is, right? Uh, and I know fuck all about it. My wife uh, looked up mine for me. Christopher, the astro medium, I've had on quite a bit as well. He's a good friend of the show. He could definitely help you out with this, but you ought to look into it because basically the way that you're describing yourself as far as being like not great at the meticulous stuff, but you will do it, you're big idea, you're big picture guy. Uh, I bet you're like a generator or a manifesting generator or something like that. I bet you that's what you are. You got to check it out. Just Google human design. There's free charts everywhere. You can just do it. It'd just be fun. So this is crazy. My buddy, Ethan. One sec, one sec. Who's that? That's my little baby girl. She's two. Oh, (laughs) cute. She's amazing. That's awesome. Um, I know. I know. I'm 52 here in a couple months on Christmas Eve. And uh, God, you look like 23, maybe. I feel I feel like that. You can tell better than I've ever felt in my life. So one of our cooperatives name is Ethan from Indiana. Phenomenal guy. Just so smart. Um, He looked up my name and he said, Jim, 
Your name means to supplant, trip up, overthrow, defeat, dispossess, right? And your last name is Gale, which means strong wind. Your name calls you to be a strong wind for supplanting and overthrowing our criminal government system right now. Dude. And I just heard this like two weeks ago, and that's exactly what my life is all about right now. Well, and I like uh, the supplant part of it because it's a double entendre. Because yes, you are overthrowing the system, but you're yes. supplanting food. It's in there. It's it's perfect. That's that's an apt apt description, man. I like that. Yeah, isn't that that blew my mind? Like I never in my life thought about destiny. It wasn't something that just I don't know. It didn't mean anything to me. And I'm like, oh my god, maybe there is something to that destiny thing. Have you? So that's based on your name, though, which you didn't have a choice on. Maybe cosmically, a soul contract ahead of time, you had that choice. But I've heard this about names too. So did you know this before you named your kids? That I had there was no power? idea. Do, would I you? No idea. Have you thought about it? Look, theirs up. That's you don't so just say their names. Say I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that. Have you looked at their no. names to see what oh, they yeah. mean? So, yeah, Sophia, Isabella, Amelia, and Sela. Um, I will look them up. I have heard different things about them, but I'm going to look them all up now. It's just interesting. I wonder if people knew that going in, that they could kind of change the fate of their child, which really would be just kind of intervening on like a time travel movie or something like that. You're basically determining the fate based on that metric of being able to assess a name. I don't know. But then would it, but then the question like in the matrix, you know, the Oracle says, you know, don't worry about the vase. And he turned around and broke it. And she said, what's really going to cook your doodles? Would you have broken it if I wouldn't have said anything? Right. So now the question with having to do with this, if we want to go have fun with it. That's awesome. Yes. Is to be like, well, you know, did they, were they born and have this particular destiny because you named them that way? Or were they born to have that particular destiny anyway? So that you found out about the names and named in that to be a self-fulfilling prophecy. Either way, it's fun to think about. I love it. I love it. No, I think about this stuff a lot. Um, I'll go to this level that I can explain it from my perspective. We are spirit playing a divine game. Hell yeah. And yes. And if you ever looked at the beginning of Mario Brothers, you've got a, a, a star, which re- represents energy or the universe or named Peach, right? And she brings her star to Mario and says, you got to help us save us from the evil. And the evil in the, in the one scene was a storm. And it was a... Um, a, a battleship with a big lizard on it. And then there was one other thing in there, exactly relevant. <laughs> oh, it was a UFO thing, right? We haven't seen that yet, but I'm not going to be surprised if that shows up. Dude, you just broke down the deepest thing on Mario I've ever heard before. I've never heard anybody say that. That's fascinating. Yeah, and you might be onto something. It's kind of like uh, when... Um Damn it. Von Braun and on his deathbed, you know, he had those three predictions that he he told his assistant that were going to happen. And like three of them have happened. And the fourth one's and fifth one is yet to happen. And that's the alien faked alien invasion. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Project Bluebeam. Yeah. Oh, Project Bluebeam is like one of my favorite conspiracy theories of all time because it's Me so batshit crazy and elaborate. Yes, I'll yes. have to have you come back on because I haven't done a Project Bluebeam episode yet. I was looking for the perfect person to do it with. So you and me will come back. We'll talk about Serge Hamanast and all this batshit crazy stuff. I would love that. I dude. love it, brother. All right, cool. be fun. We'll set that up in the future for <laughs> sure. So what do you what do you think about um, because I'm right there with you whenever it comes to this uh, human having a spirit or a spirit having a human experience. Do you think that we have something to do here as far as like karma and all that stuff to work off? Or do you think it's more of just a ride? I think I want to win and winning to me means helping to manifest the garden of Eden, which is the destiny, um, the winning the game. I mean, to get to enlightenment, which in the garden of Eden, that's not, they go hand in hand. 
when we have healthy foods, it's going to be way easier to not have these blockages that we have. Right. So it all filters in and stacks. And so I, yeah, I, that's, I want to win. Okay. Do you think that's though a uh, trait of yours, like a personality trait, uh, based on just your competitive nature? Because you're real altruistic and you're sweet. And I've heard you mention again on another show that um, even in sports, you would play. I think tennis is what you were talking about, and you would play. Somebody else would win, and you'd go high five the hell out of them. I do this whenever I play with my my brothers and dad at cornhole or something, and I'm always like, oh my god, that was awesome. And they're like, he's not on your team. I'm like, dude, I'm just happy that we're all having fun and that everybody's having a good time. Like they want to talk shit and then get like upset at each other for, I don't know, like beating each other. I'm like, well, we could still do that, but we'll hug it out at the end. Right. Or I'm happy for you. That was an awesome shot. I don't care whose team you're on. Right. Right. I have trend. I have evolved to that intentionally because I used to get mad and it was always, when I look at it, it was always at myself, Mm -hmm. but that's kind of embarrassing. So you want to project it outwards, right? Yes. <laughs> like yes. I, can't, I can't handle it. Wait a minute. What am I fucking mad at myself for? Like you're doing the best you can. Anyway, I started letting myself have a break and I was there. Nobody was ever been a bigger critic of me than me. Um, well, there's been a few actually that were pretty big, but, <laughs> 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 but, but yes, I it's, yeah, it's an internal thing. Okay, so complete left field. If you could change anything about the next world, right? There's this idea that we're creating a new world. I mean, I know the food forest thing, um, but maybe if you want to go a little bit deeper than obviously what you do, which is obviously something you're behind and you're great at. But, um, you know, anything that you would change about the new world, what would it be? Well, it would all be in alignment with this vibrational reality and raising our collective consciousness and to use that word because that is a reality i mean there's no real separation as you get into the microcosm of things right we're just so um so what was the question again i no, guess. i was just curious about like if you could change or remove or add or do anything oh, yes. in the news system or new world oh, totally. what would it be i would keep all the good stuff all the fun stuff, all the technology, all the wonderful things that pretty soon we're going to be having our own jetpacks and flying around. Like that sounds badass awesome. I want that, right? So we don't, technology is not evil. The evil behind technology is evil. Thank you. So we, we want to find ways to decentralize everything. That's the number one thing. No, I'm completely with you. And then the, you know, baby with the bathwater type idea to where we're just going to go live in huts, you know, without electricity and grow food. That's not what we're talking about. Uh, we're talking about, like you said, all the good things get to come too. Like that would be awesome. Why Why the hell would we throw all that away, right? We would just do it better. We would get yes. back to the Tataria or the Tesla idea that there's endless electricity everywhere out here and we would just give it to people. So um, what about aliens? What do you think the hell's going on with that? Um, I... I think that there, in fact, I would say I go beyond thinking. I'm almost certain that they have been developing technology to brainwash the people, to scare the people. I'm 100% certain about that. That's the foundation of govern, mente. Govern is magic, control, and mente is mind, right? Um, so I, what do you think about it? I'd love to get your take. I'm not super studied up on it. About aliens? Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I've got a lot to think about it. Um, so, well, so do you think that they're more of a nefarious thing based on what you just said, that they're like mind controlling everything kind of like in they live. Do you think it's one of those situations that John Carpenter movie? I think it could absolutely be. I've loved David Icke forever and he, he really goes deep on it, but 
I'm not ruling anything out. What do you think? I, I love the David Icke stuff too. It's so much fun. I call the people in charge lizard people. And like I said, Matt Landman just recently came on. So this is fresh in the mind. But he said that whenever he puts himself in the shoes of the people that do all this crap, they're not human beings. You know, they're not humans that are doing this shit to us. And I've had this feeling about these goddamn whatever they are, because that's the big thing too. Nobody knows what the hell this is. And the further, you, the more you look at it, it changes in like a million different new forms. And it never, it's not solid. It's really, really. Um, I'm going to say dishonest, you know what I mean? And that's how I feel about the, about the abduction phenomena as well. And I was talking to, I mean, I just had Kathleen Martin on and she is the niece of Betty and Barney Hill, the first abduction case in the U S right. And back in 61. Yeah. Um, and so she's had a lot of experience talking to these folks and, and dealing with this stuff and they can screen memory you like crazy. They can make you remember things that didn't happen or what they look like that didn't happen, or they can make you remember four or five of them, but not a whole room of other entities that might be there. They just erase that part from your mind. Plus they do it at night when you're sleeping, they do it without your permission. I know some people say there's like a soul contract and you agree to, it. I, I don't know, man. Um, I don't necessarily believe that. I think that I think that they make you feel like it's a good idea. Uh, if I'm going real, real, real low vibe with it, that's what I think. But then the other side of me is like, well, it's entirely possible. And then I'm a boundless optimist that they are here to help and that they just can't reveal themselves to us because look at what we do to ourselves. I mean, you look what we do to other human beings and animals on this planet as a species, you know, not you and I, but you get what yeah, I'm saying. Um, and th why the hell would they land here looking this freaky thing? And maybe they're way more vulnerable than we think that they are physically like they can be killed you know uh we, i don't know i think anything is possible in a holographic universe a simulated reality of our own making universe yes and so for that reason and for that reason alone i think that there could be demons and phantasmas and everything that is out there in our thought world could potentially be a reality in a world that we create Exactly. And even J. Allen Hunnick got to this at the end. Uh, Terrence McKenna talked about it as well, that it's a psychosomatic phenomena. It's all yes. us doing it. It's us creating everything. Yes. Whenever you look also at um, depictions of stories back in the day, like ancient peoples talking about Wendigos and Bigfoots and stuff like that, maybe that too all a creation of our own mind and we're just super powerful. And then when these stories get passed down, it's kind of like predictive programming. It's like our generations will see Bigfoots and Wendigos and UFOs because we've heard about it from other people. So therefore we manifest that on a perpetual loop throughout the culture. That also would explain maybe why it shifts in physical appearance all the time. Like it changes constantly totally. just a little bit outside of what we can we can conceive it, but we can't physically do it. So I don't know, man, I'm, I'm with you now. The low vibe shit, <clears throat> the low vibe stuff I, I tr do my best to stay away from, but it's got to be part of the conversation. And I don't mind that because it's, we live in a dualistic nature of whatever the hell this reality is anyway. So you've got to have that as part of the conversation for sure. I, I think that that is the game we're playing is manifestation is creating from the friction We've created more in the last two years as a society um, in some areas than we've ever created, right? In many areas, the general collective knowledge that's out there has come together at an expanded rate, right? So I think that the friction makes that happen. And without the yin and yang, the dark, you know, all these different things, we couldn't have it. We couldn't have the existence that we have. And sometimes it goes way over this way. Sometimes it goes back this way, but it's always swinging. 
Yes, could not agree more. And I think that that uh, yin-yang is very important to exactly what's going on right now as well. I think that part of the spiritual awakening is because people got lazy. They This this time in our earth, you know, is kind of happening and changing in dimensions, however you want to phrase it, but there is a mass change happening. You've got to admit that. People have got to be feeling that on some level. You could feel it in your soul no matter what side you are on this thing, right? But, I mean, maybe the evil came out and said, okay, well, we're your dark side. We're, you've got to go into the light, guys and you're not doing it on your own. So boo, and they just scare the hell out of everybody with, and then just shut everything down. Now you roll out all this crap and we know what I'm talking about. I just want to be able to put this on YouTube so we're not going to talk about any specific words. Uh, so I just want you to be able to ex- expose to that audience. So dude, Jim, um, let me ask you this then. Uh, what's your go-to uh, get pumped up song? Like the most underrated band that like you listen to that's your go-to every time you know it's going to make you feel better? It's always a different song. Like sometimes once when I'm listening to music every week or so, a song will hit me where I'll have tears of joy. And I don't know exactly how that always triggers, but it's never the same song twice. (laughs) Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, So you just go for it. There's no, like, I I picture you as probably like a, a jaw rule kind of guy. Do you, do you jam out to that? Is that your jam? Um, I don't know. I don't know that one. Jaw rule. Yeah, I don't 90s, 90s hip hop artist. I'll, I'll send you some stuff. You're going to love Jaw Rule. I'm going to get you hooked it, on that. All right, cool. I love it. Uh, well, dude, I cannot thank you enough, man. Uh, this has been amazing. You're a super cool dude. You do a phenomenal thing. I'm going to link, link, of course, all the ways to find you. Food Forest Abundance down in the show notes, awesome. as well as anywhere else that you'd like to be uh, found as well. Guys, go check this out for sure. You just heard him, guys. Jim Gale, deep, amazing, altruistic. At least go look at what he's talking about and uh, go definitely uh, spread the word on this. Jim, dude, thank you so much, brother. You're welcome any damn time. We got to do this again. Oh, for sure. Thank you, brother. We could talk forever. I appreciate you so much. And and anybody, if you want to be involved, just get a hold of us. I'd love to talk with you personally. Hell yeah. All right, cool. Open armed. He's here. He will be back, guys. Go check the show notes. Make sure that you catch up. Jim, dude, don't be a stranger, man. Let's do it again. Absolutely. Foodforestabundance.com. Check out the links down there, guys. Go check Jim out. He is amazing. As you just heard, uh, completely altruistic business model. I love that he wants to go out of business. That's great. Uh, that, that's how you know it's legit. And it's just a very, very cool thing. So this is an amazing thing that you guys should all be doing anyway. I mean, I don't, I don't see why anyone wouldn't find the value in even just growing like an apple tree and just doing that or grow your own lemons or something. It doesn't have to be on this crazy scale, but I, I have a feeling because I did it, once you get out in your own garden, you're going to want to scale up a little bit just because it's so cool. When you start learning about the plants to plant around each other, which Jim helps you out with all of that stuff. Uh, so go down in the show notes, guys. Check that out. Linked down there also is our website. That is where all of the links to all the socials will be. Uh, T Public, our merchandise is linked directly through there as well. And also Rockfin. You guys make sure you go check out Rockfin for all of our premium content. Great way to support the show and all these other amazing content creators. You've got um, Charlie Robinson and Macroaggressions. Of course, Amy Belair's over there. She's so wonderful. She's got her stuff there. Uh, all the Sam Tripoli stuff. Um, there's just so many amazing content creators that are over there. Whitney Webb, um, a, a ton of ton of folks, guys. So just go check it out. Anyway, Rockfin's awesome. I'm grateful to be a part of it. And uh, link is in the show notes along with the website. There you go. So go out into your week this week, guys. Uh, take a look at Jim's site, man. Um, he's really got some interesting things to say, and I've, I know you guys are going to find it valuable. So just go check it out. It's very, very cool. While you are doing that... Uh, 
continuing on with the law of abundance and the model here that we all love and that I promote the hell out of because I've seen benefits in in my life because of it uh, is just, you know, go out into this beautiful place, whatever the hell this thing is, and uh, buy somebody a coffee or a meal or a bottle of water or something super simple, guys, a book of stamps. It's a tiny little thing that makes a massive difference on a global scale. And you can see these ripple effects everywhere around you. It is one of the coolest things. I want that for all of you. Just try it. And if it doesn't work out, then never do it again. Whatever. Uh, Okay. Go also and be nice to every human, animal, uh, entity. Everybody you come across, just be nice with a smile or go out of your way to open a door for somebody. I mean, again, these, these are little things, but they make a massive difference. Trust me. Um, while you're doing all of that and practicing the law of abundance, it is very abundant for you to get the hell out of the left-hand lane. We hate that. Pick up a piece of litter. Get out of the left-hand lane. Above anything else and all of that other stuff, guys. Go out into this beautiful place, whatever it is, and y'all just be good to one another. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.